From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, again, wherever you are watching, uh, welcome to Church Online today, and I hope that um, God is ministering to you in your home. I hope that you're engaging, you know, my... My heart is that even though we're meeting in different spaces, this just doesn't become a podcast for you. You plug it in and you vacuum your house or whatever, but you actually sit as you would sit and just engage and lean in to what God wants to say today. If you're new, welcome to our church. We're excited that you're here and participating with us today. Uh, Let us know that you're here. Head to our website, fill out a connect card. Um, That's going to help us connect with you. You know, say hi in the chat if you're one of those. Uh, we are entering into week two of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today is week two, and we are praying for salvations, and we are praying for new disciples. We're praying for people to, to enter into that apprenticeship with Jesus and learn and grow. Um, and I want to hear, we want to hear how it's going. We want to hear how it's going um, with you. If you're participating, let us know. We were just talking about, I've talked with a few people, it's hard to know who's actually participating with us in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. So if you are, you know, comment in the chat, send us an email, you know, send us a message, give us a call, send us a text, whatever, whatever communication method you're going to use to let us know, hey, I'm in, I'm a participating. And let us know how it's going. I don't know what you may be feeling or thinking through this. Fasting can be very difficult, but it's so powerful. And for me, I've found that even over this past week that I've, I've really found a deeper connection with God uh, just by choosing to deny myself and reconnect with his spirit. And I want to give you a reason why we fast and pray before we get into the message. And it's realignment. Realignment. When I was a young adult, I had this 1995 Honda Civic hatchback, and it was my beater car. I literally beat this thing to the ground. I met my wife when I was driving this car, and she stayed with me. So I don't know if that says something about me or if that says something about her, uh, but it, it, was, it was a beater. Like, you picture that in your, in your mind, and that was my car. Now, I don't know much about cars now, and I didn't know much about cars then, but when I was driving this car, at one point, I had an alignment issue that I didn't really realize to what extent of an issue it was. There was a little give, you know, but it was my beater car. I didn't, I didn't care much about it. I cared, but I didn't do much about it. And I didn't know to the extent of the, the alignment um, issue was until winter came, and I'm like sliding more all over the place than, than usual. Like I'm fishtailing when I'm not trying to fishtail, and I'm just like, something's wrong. And so I take it in the shop, and what had happened was I had actually worn out the inside edge of all my tires, because of the, or the front tires, because the alignment was, was so off. It was bad. And you and me, we can have alignment issues with our faith. We can have alignment issues with our relationship with the Lord, and we may not even know to the extent until we find ourselves in a different season and we're sliding more than usual. Now, times of prayer and fasting, what they do is they help us realign. They help us recalibrate and recenter us when we're off course. And when we, when we deliberately choose to disconnect from the world, you know, maybe we're, you're doing a media fast or when you choose to deny your flesh when you're, when you're saying no to food for different periods of time and you use that time to reconnect with God, it realigns your faith. 
And so my encouragement, my hope is that you're finding that through this season. If you haven't joined in, hey, it's not too late. Join with us in these, the next two weeks that we have and let us know how it's going. Give us a wave, you know, send us a message if you're participating and maybe something God's been revealing to you because we want to hear about it. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And if you don't have a Bible with you, um, open up your phone and open up the app. And if you don't have a physical Bible at all, you don't have the app, you know, let us know and um, we'll help you get a physical Bible. I would encourage you to get one because it's, it's easy to get distracted with a device. But if you, if you don't have a Bible, you can go to the, the YouVersion Bible app. It's free and follow along, Matthew chapter 28. I want to pray and then we'll get into what we're going to look at today. Father, just thank you, Lord, that we can, uh, we can meet together once again. Lord, again, I know it's different, but I know you're here. I know you're with us. And I pray in Jesus' name that as we turn our attention to, to Matthew 28, Lord, as we lean into this scripture, as I share, would you speak to every person and every heart? And God, would you teach us a little bit about what it means to be a disciple of Christ? Would you teach us a little bit what it means to be a mission for you? And I pray that every person would be convicted encouraged and challenged in their faith and in their journey. Lord, we love you, God. It's for your glory, and we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 28, um, I'm going to read it. Um, I'm from the NIV version. It'll be on the screen there for you. We're going to start at verse 16. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is what many of you will be familiar with. This is the Great Commission. This is the last and final command from Jesus who's now revealed himself fully as God with all authority. And this is really the, the summation of all that we're called to do as disciples and apprentices of Jesus in the Bible. And that is to go and make more disciples. Uh, for the longest time, I never went to a, an eye doctor. I didn't think I needed to go to an eye doctor. I didn't think I had an eye problem. I never had issue with with blurry vision, I, I never had struggled with my sight. In fact, I felt like I had really good sight, and so why would I need to go to a doctor? But then I learned that optometrists do a lot more than just check your sight. They, they kind of look in the eye and behind the eye, and they check out the whole overall eye health. And so I guess good practice is to go once a year or every other year just to check on your eye health. And the same way, it's in, it's every so often it's important for us to talk about uh, vision and mission. Vision and mission as a church, and, and more importantly, vision and mission uh, for your life as a disciple and apprentice of Jesus. Because while we think we can see well, we may have lost sight of why we're here. It's so easy, I think, especially in the North American church, to get comfortable in our faith. And we become almost you know, complacent, and we become consumeristic, and we forget why we're here in the command of Jesus. So I want to I wanna take time today, I want to look at, at our vision and mission. Vision is important because it gives us direction. It gives us a target to shoot for. It shapes the culture of your life. When you have vision for your life, it shapes your identity. It shapes the culture of the church. It shapes our identity and helps us to know where we're going. You know, I don't know if you've gone on a drive or on a road trip with someone and, 
And if you don't have a destination in view, it's hard to know how to drive and, and where to drive. The, the problem with vision is vision leaks. It, it drains out of us, and we fail to remember as, as people of God that we're on mission as the church, as a local church parkway, and as individuals. God has given us a mission, we just read it, as, as disciples of Jesus while we live on this side of eternity. So what is vision? Vision is the ability to see the ideal future position clearly. It's, it's being able to picture in your mind the ideal future position clearly. Mission is the objectives. So our vision as a church, our vision statement, you've heard me say this probably a hundred times, and if you haven't memorized this and don't know this by now, well then shame on you because you're not listening when I speak, but, but it's this, it says to see everyone experience Jesus in a life-changing way. To see everyone experience Jesus in a life-changing way. Now, some of you might get hung up on the word experience, and I just wanna mention a little bit. Don't get hung up on the word experience. It's not about the word, okay? That word means encounter. It means meet with. It means walk with. It means grow with. The reason we choose experience is because to an unchurched person, that's vernacular that they're more, that they will understand a little bit more. So we want everybody, we want even unchurched people to experience, to have an encounter with, to meet with, to, to, to journey with God in a way that changes their life. So I want you to do me a quick favor, a little activity, okay? I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture in your mind what that looks like. Even in the room, if you're, if you're, if you're in the room, close your eyes. What does it look like for everyone to experience Jesus in a life-changing way? Like our ideal perfect future is for everybody in your home. Think of your, your siblings and your, your mother and your father, your, your children, you know, everybody in your home, everyone in your family, everyone in our town, everyone in our region, everyone in uh, uh, Lambton County, countering Jesus through his presence, through, through the word being preached in a way that alters their life for the better, that, that changes its course, that, that changes their present and changes their eternity. What does that look like in your mind? Now, if you're here today, if you're, if you're watching, you're tuning in, you're listening, it's because to some degree you've encountered Jesus. You've had an experience with Jesus. You're walking with Jesus, and he's changed you. And if you're here today, you're like, hey, I'm just listening because my friend invited me. Well, that's because your, your friend has been like Jesus to you. You've encountered God through your friend, and that's why you're here. And listen, our vision is for everyone to have that, to have Jesus in a way that is life-changing. Now, what is our mission? What are the objectives to pursuing the vision? That's why I want to kind of walk through a little bit today because I want you to know where we are and who we are as a church. Here's our missions, right, okay? It's for people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. These are our mission objectives, right? This is different from methods and philosophies. Often people think that Vision is, is the how we're doing things. They'll say, hey, what's, vi what's your vision? But, but in my mind, vision is the why. It's the why behind what we do. It's because when we close our eyes, we see everybody encountering Jesus in a life-changing way. Mission is the objectives, and then you have the methods are the, are the how. It's how, how we get there. You know, a huge focus in the how for us would be online ministry right now. You're, you're tuning in online. Having an online presence is the how we are pursuing the, the what, which is the, the mission. So let's me, let me walk through these with you. Number one is this. We want people to know God in an intimate way. 
We want people to know God. We want people to know God in an intimate way. If you turn to John chapter 17, I got a lot of scripture for you today. Uh, This is, in John chapter 17, this is a prayer that Jesus prays, and I would encourage you to read it because, you know, a prayer can reveal a lot about a person, and and this really shares the heart of Jesus. In John chapter 17, in verse 3, Jesus said this in his prayer to the Father. He says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. So Jesus himself, let me just pause, side note, he's staking a claim that the heavenly Father, the God of the Bible, is the only true God. Jesus said that. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus prayed that we, even today, that we would know God and we would know him. And that word know denotes intimacy. It's, it's not just a knowledge of. It's not just a belief. It's not just a, having a knowledge about God, but it's a, a relationship with God. It's a friendship with God. It's walking with God. It's journeying with God. It's, it's, it's having an apprenticeship. I'll throw that one in there. Practicing the way of Jesus. And he says that this is eternal life, and this is God's desire for us to exist with him in relationship for all eternity. Now, this is something that we actually see in God himself, okay? God eternally exists. When I use that word eternally, I mean before time began and after time is done, eternally God exists in relationship as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the church, we refer to this as the Holy Trinity, right? It's the Godhead. It's perpetual relationship. And when God created you and when God created me, what he was doing is he was extending an invitation for us to exist in relationship with his relationship, okay? He was extending an invitation for us to share in the love and relationship that already exists in the Godhead. And so for us as a church, as Parkway, our first priority is for people to come into relationship with God, to know God, to be saved, right? And then to begin that journey of apprenticeship, of walking with Jesus, of learning about him, encountering him through his presence. And so what we do as a church is we do this, right? We put on worship experiences. We, we gather and we worship and we preach the word and we teach from the Bible and we respond to his presence as a way to help people come to know God intimately. You know, we're not just here to put on a show. Our desire isn't to entertain you. We're not here so you can turn off your screen after and just walk away and then carry on with your life however it was. But our hope is that through everything that we do, we would encounter the presence of God in a way that helps us further our, our knowing God, our, our relationship with the Lord. Now, secondly, is we want people who know God to find freedom. If we're honest with ourselves, every single one of us, even those who have been walking with God for a while, even those of us in this room, the few of us that are here, uh, we have hangups, right? We have uh, addictions, we have issues, we have brokenness, and it's, it's very easy for us to, to point the finger elsewhere and say, well, I don't because look at that one. That one's huge. But all of us have something that holds us back. We, some are a lot more obvious than others. Some are a little bit less obvious, but we have things that en- enslave us. And in Hebrews chapter 12, the author tells us this. He says, let us throw off everything, not just the big addiction, not just the big problem, but let us throw off everything that hinders, every single thing. From the smallest to the biggest, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I would actually argue that some of the the most powerful, debilitating sins in your life are the ones that are less noticeable. 
So we may see someone else's brokenness and we may see someone else's addiction. We may see someone else's problem and think, oh my goodness, thank God I'm not like them. But the fact that we just said that probably shows the level of brokenness that exists in us that might be greater than theirs and more destructive. Paul said this in Galatians chapter five, verse one. He said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free because it's hard to throw off the things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles when you're enslaved to it. But Jesus died, not just that you'd have a ticket to heaven, but that you would live in freedom, free from not just the penalty of sin, not just the consequence of sin, but actually the power that sin has over us so that we no longer be slaves to it and to those things that hinder us. Now, to order and to walk, in order to walk in freedom, we have to practice the way of Jesus. And one of the ways we've, we've kind of developed that here as a church and what we believe is, is growing in relationship with other disciples of Jesus helps us walk in freedom, helps us practice the way of Jesus and ultimately walk in freedom. James chapter six says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you'll be healed. And I love this verse because he doesn't say, hey, confess your sins to God and pray to God that you'd be healed. But he talks and he, he kind of puts in that, that, that relationship. He extends the relationship to the community. You want to see yourself healed? Then you need to confess to people around you. You need to get together with other disciples and you need to have confession. You need to share your sins and your hangups because when you bring those things to light, they have less control over you and you'll find freedom. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So at Parkway Church, at our church here, we, we push and we talk and we develop life groups, people, places for people to connect and grow and begin that path to freedom, to build relationships with one another in such a way that you can confess, that you can share, that you can sharpen and practice the way of Jesus and grow in your faith. Now, COVID's obviously shifted that for us um, this past year, but even in COVID, it's important that we are people that pursue freedom by building relationships with people around us. It's important that we, are, that we are people that don't just try to figure this out on our own because it doesn't work like that. Because in the spiritual realm, the enemy will grab a hold of your life and he'll make you individualize your faith and he'll make you hide your, your hangups and your, and your hindrances and he'll make you hide your sin and all that does is give him power. So when you kind of bury it in yourself, you say, I'll figure this out on my own. The issue is you probably won't figure it out on your own. But there is more freedom when you step and say, okay, I'm gonna bring somebody into my mess. I'm gonna reveal to them my mess and then I'm gonna have a prayer session. We're gonna pray. You're probably more likely to see freedom and healing in your life. So this is important to be growing together with people, especially if you don't have that. If you're listening in right now and you don't have people around you who are followers of Jesus, who are helping you grow, you're not, you're not getting together, you're not connecting to the relationship, then this is even more important for you, for all of us. It's so important. So that's why we push here life groups. Along with that, we want people who come to know God. You see, you're going to see progression here, come to know God and are on that path to finding freedom. Let me just say that I think every person is continually on the path to finding freedom. The Bible says that we aren't complete. We haven't reached completion until the day Jesus returns, okay? So all of us are still works in progress. So as we come to know God, we come to uh, walking in freedom that we would discover our purpose. And we use that word really to, to mean design, shape, 
You are, you are made uniquely. You are designed individually with a certain shape. You have talents. You have abilities all given to you for a common purpose. I love how Paul put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul the apostle talking to the church in Corinth. He says this. He says, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To each one, individually, the gift of the Spirit, there's talents, abilities that God has given you as an individual. You are uniquely shaped. Some of you are, we're all wired differently and, and some of you have gifts over here and some of you have gifts over here and some of you have talents here and some of you have talents there. All for the collective whole, for, for the common good. That means to be shared, right? I like how Ephesians chapter two puts it. For we are God's handiwork. Another translation says we are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So before the foundations of the earth were laid, before the universe even existed, before God spoke and life began, God had in his mind your life designed in such a way, uniquely shaped, so that you could serve the collected whole, so that you could do good works. God designed you as an individual, shaped you with talents and abilities. You are unique. You are the way you are for a purpose. You have a purpose for your life. And that shape and that design and those gifts are given to you to be shared with others. Psalms chapter 139 says that he knit us together, that he formed us in our mother's womb. We have different personalities and abilities and gift sets ultimately given to serve God with. You were created, let me say it this way, you were created the way you are to serve God. You were created the way you are to serve God. Your gifts, your talents, and abilities, they aren't for you. They're for him. Now, that's really hard for us to to receive as people who are not walking in relationship with Jesus. And it's almost kind of probably an indicator, a flag, to let you know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. Because if you think that that you're shaped the way you are for you, so you can live your best life, you, you're not no, you don't know the will of God. The will of God is that you, you are uniquely shaped. You have individual purpose for the collective whole, for others. There are gifts there that are used for, for others. So in pursuing our vision to see everybody experience Jesus in a way that is life-changing, it's our mission to help you discover your design. And so what does that look like? Very easily, hey, let me know, let us know, and we have tools that we can give you that can help you in that journey to discover how you're uniquely shaped, okay? And why do we do all this? Well, as you come to know God, and as you come to find freedom, and as you come to discover purpose, it's all so you can make a difference. This is our final thought here, is so you can make a difference. That's the end goal. We are designed to bring glory to God. We are created to bring glory to God to God. You know, in our house, we give our kids chores, and they hate doing chores. Yes, we're those parents. We believe it teaches them responsibility, and it's not a lot of work. It probably only takes them, like, you know, collectively over the the day, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. The the bulk is emptying the dishwasher, but they grumble, and they complain a lot, and so we, we, we often say to them, well, that's why you're here. You know that we made you so that you could help us with their chores. Now, obviously, we're joking, but the look on their faces when we first started saying that was like, yeah, you're here, you're here for me, right? But here's the reality. The scripture actually tells us that we were created by God and for God. Like you were designed by God, not for you. 
You, not, not for your spouse, not for your kids, not so you can live a prosperous life, not so you can have success, not so you can live the American dream, not so you can work really hard and make a lot of money so you can retire and go golfing for the rest of your life. You were created by God, for God. You were created by God to bring him glory, to bring him honor, so that he can enjoy you and you can enjoy him. In fact, it's our ultimate purpose to bring him glory. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. You know, so many people are like, man, I don't want God wants with my life. He wants you to glorify him. I don't know what my purpose is, to bring him glory. I don't know why I'm here. You're created by him and for him. So however you're shaped and however you're designed and however you're talented, use those things to serve God. That's your purpose for the greater good. Serve somebody else with it for the common good. That's, what it, that's why we're here, to make a difference with our lives. The crescendo for our reason for living is to make a difference by bringing glory to God. What on earth am I here for? To glorify God. Studies have actually shown that the happiest people on the planet are those who feel like they're making a difference with their life. Not that they've reached a certain amount of success, not that they have a certain amount of money in the bank account. If you listen to a lot of celebrities who have kind of you know, reached that pinnacle, they'll say, hey, I wish, I think it was Jim Carrey who actually said, I wish everybody could have fame and fortune so they'd recognize it's not what you want, not what you need, right? We, studies have shown that the happiest people are those who feel like they're making a difference with their life. So it would make sense that as we serve God and as we glorify him, that, we, that making a difference would make us feel joy. John chapter 15, Jesus said this in verse eight. He says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. It brings glory to God that, that you produce with your talents and abilities and your design with your life. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when we begin to walk in relationship with God and we discover our design and we get, begin to, to make a difference with our lives, we, it brings God glory and it shows that we're disciples. There is actually an evangelistic tool to using your gifts and talents for God's glory. People know, and, and, and it's an identifying marker, that you're a disciple of Jesus when you use what's been given to you for his glory. And then verse 11 is really cool. It says this, it says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. This is Jesus talking. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So when we walk out our gifts and our talents and when we serve God and we choose to make a difference with our lives, and that could be small, that could be large, we receive the joy of Jesus and our joy is made complete. Joy comes from, from using how we're created and called to serve God. So here's my question for you who are lacking joy in your life. Are you serving? Are you serving someone? Are you serving? Are you, you know, for those of you who are battling depression and are feeling down, you know, are you serving? Are you doing something for somebody else, an organization, a person, a people group, that, can get, that you can get nothing out of in return. Because when you do so, there's a joy that, that is deposited into your heart. There's a joy that, that transcends the depression, that transcends the circumstance. Now, I'm not just saying that that's the, the be-all and, and, and solution for, for depression. I'm not saying that. But joy comes through serving God. There is a 
gravitational pull in every single one of us to do what's good for only us. That's the flesh in us drawing us to ourselves. But the way of Jesus, the direction of a disciple of Jesus, of an apprentice of Jesus, I'm using that word deliberately today, is for you to live your life in a manner that makes a difference for God, not for yourself. And for the kingdom of God, not for your kingdom, not for Paul's kingdom, for God's kingdom. And so at Parkway, our way of helping people that is through the dream team. It's through giving opportunities and avenues for people to serve. Because serve Jesus, serve the church, in doing so, you make a difference. Now for us, the smallest task to the most significant one all help in making a difference. And it's not making a difference within the walls of this church. It's not so we can have a nice live stream and, and, and it looks nice when you sit comfortably in your home. But it's, it's, it's making a difference in fulfilling the Great Commission. So let me bring this all back around. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference is our way of going and making disciples of all nations. Let me bring it back to that, and then I got some questions for you to consider. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, he has supremacy over everything. Therefore, go. Because he has supremacy over everything, because he is the supreme leader, the king of all kings, Lord of all life, he's giving us a command here. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So Jesus shares this just as he's been raised from the dead. He just conquered death, right? And he's commissioning his disciples, those at that time and now us today, to begin shifting their focus to going around and announcing that Jesus is the reigning king, creating a new humanity of people who follow after him, and he's commissioning them to make more disciples. That word disciple means becoming an apprentice. An apprentice is someone who learns the way of Jesus, who learns after their, uh, you know, where they're apprenticing from so that they can do those things. So an apprentice of Jesus is someone who becomes an intern, a student of Jesus, learning how he lives his life so that they can live their life in the same manner and become identified with him by being baptized. Baptism is the identification marker. It's a public sign that says, I'm now part of this community of people who call themselves followers of Jesus. So quick question, are you baptized? Because if you want to identify yourself with the community of, of body of believers, of, of, of disciples, of apprentices of Jesus, baptism is that marker. Now, here's a thought that came to me in my spirit. I believe it from God. Making disciples implies that we are actively in the discipleship process of following Jesus. It's really hard to make disciples of Jesus when you're not a disciple of Jesus. Now, you may think you're a disciple of Jesus, but just tuning into a church service on a Sunday morning doesn't make you a disciple of Jesus. I'm sorry if that hurts. Watching a service, signing a check, putting money in the envelope doesn't make you a disciple of Jesus. It makes you an attender. It makes you a supporter, and I'm down for that, but it's not a disciple of Jesus. And a disciple of Jesus who is someone who daily practices the way of Jesus who models their life after Jesus, 
who turns away from all the desires and ambitions that they had and says, no longer do I live for myself, but I live for Jesus. The implication here is to go and make is to be growing in myself. And this scripture is the mission of the church. For us, it's our know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. But this scripture is the mission of the life of a disciple. This mission, this scripture is your mission and your purpose. Now, how that's played out is different according to your design. Right, we, got, we got people here who are designed musically, shaped musically, and so they serve God with their gifts. We have people that are, that are tech savvy, and so they serve God there. We have people on a host, host team. They serve there. We have people that are clean. We have people that do kids in the building. That's just, just, just part of it. That's just scrimping the surface of it. But to be a disciple of Jesus is someone who is on a lifelong journey of what it means to follow him, become like him, and go make more disciples. I work, I live, I eat, I breathe, I raise my kids, I, I meet with neighbors, I, I rest. Every part of my life, why? To make more disciples. Paul put it this way, Acts chapter 20. He said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. I want to invite the worship team to come as I ask you this question. Where are you in the mission process? Are you completing the task that has been given to you? So quick questions for you to consider. And then I want the team to, to lead us in worship as we just kind of reflect and as we pray about where we're at. First question for you to consider. Do you know God intimately? Are you saved? Honestly, ask yourself that. Am I saved? Have I confessed that I'm a sinner and repented of my sinful life? That word repent doesn't mean just to say I'm sorry. That word repent means to change. It means to do a 180. It means to walk in a different direction, right? To live your life differently. Have I repented of my sin? Are you being active in building your relationship with God? Am I growing in my apprenticeship with Jesus? Am I practicing the, the way and art of the life of Jesus? Right? How he lived his life. Prayer, fasting, part of that. Sabbath, part of that. Meditation, part of that. Kindness, goodness, generosity, part of that. And have I been baptized as, as that identification marker? Secondly, are you part of a, a group of people who are helping you grow and find freedom? For us here, are you part of a life group? Again, I know COVID shifted that and we can't do all of them that we'd like. We'd like. And you know, one of the things I, I really miss doing this past year is church around the table. I love that. I love when we do church around the table. We meet in different homes. We just, we just break bread. We share a meal together. I love when we have potluck dinners after church. I know we can't do that, but, but are, you, are you with other people helping you grow and find freedom? Now, some of you are already doing that organically. You have people that you meet with and you, and you break bread with, you eat with, you, you hang out with disciples of Jesus. I'm talking about followers of Jesus. Would you consider inviting others to be a part of it? Be a part of that social circle. Now, I know part of you is like, oh, I don't know, this is my social circle. But, but it's about going and making more disciples. Thirdly, have you discovered your God-given talents and abilities? Do you know your spiritual design? If not, we have some tools. 
to help you with that, to point towards how you're, how you're, how you're made and how you're shaped. The easiest way is to look at what you're passionate about. What are you passionate about? What, what gifts do you have? Like, what are you naturally good at? Those things are, are kind of indicators as to how you're wired. Finally, are you making a kingdom difference? Are you using your gifts and your talents and your resources to serve God and his church? Are you? Like, honestly, ask yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Honestly, ask yourself, am I making a difference for God? Am I serving God? Am I serving God? Let's just dumb it down to that. Am I serving God? Are you part of the mission of Parkway people to make disciples? Well, how can I be? Serve. (laughs) Join the dream team. You're like, well, how can I do that right now? Well, do you know what? We have online hosts. We can run more online groups. You know, there's lots of different ways we can get creative with it, with, with serving. Become a partner. Partner is our word for membership. These are people who serve. These are people who support financially. Um, They get a vote, but it's more than just a vote. It's someone who says, I belong here, I'm on board here, and I'm part of making this thing move forward. That's what it is. It's, 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 I'm part of the team, right? I'm not just a bystander watching the game anymore. I'm not just someone who buys a ticket and goes to the auditorium and watch the game being played out. It's I'm someone who sits on the bench and I wear my team jersey and I, I come to practice and I know all the drills and I'm ready to be put in. Put me in, coach. That's, some, that's a partner. Why do I share all this? Because of vision. Because of vision. It's important that, that we as Parkway Church knows what Parkway Church is all about. It's important that disciples of Jesus have vision for their lives. And if you remember the scripture I shared last week, Proverbs says that without revelation, people run wild, they cast off restraint. Some versions say without vision, people perish, people die. I heard a quote recently, and I'm gonna butcher it. My wife told me it. It said, people die when they're 30 and live on until they're 70. Something like that. But the, the idea is that we just, we finish existing once we kind of reach that career level and then we just, we just coast. We have no vision for our life. So what is some of the things on our radar this year? How are the, what are the why, what are the hows, sorry? What are the hows, what are the methods? Well, it's hard to really say because we're beginning this year in a lockdown and we don't know what it's gonna look like moving forward, but I'll tell you a couple things. Number one is continuing our online ministry will be forefront needs to be. We need to stay connected. Connection is, is huge, I think. And connection is something that we've, we possibly will lose through all this. And so on, a part of, of the online ministry, um, secondly, is discovering new ways to help others connect and, and move in that discipleship process. And so we're talking about a couple creative things that we can do, you know, if this is extended, if this is, goes on for more weeks or months, or even if we do, if the restrictions lift, it's, we know it's not gonna go back to normal anytime soon. So what are some creative ways that we can connect? And listen, I wanna ask you, can I ask you, partner of Parkway, person of Parkway, you know, someone who calls Parkway Church their home, can you be part of that? Can you, can you deny yourself and choose to engage and connect? Because sometimes it's not about you, it's about someone who needs to hear from you. It's about someone who needs to see the connection happen. It's someone else who's feeling lonely and just needs, needs an arm extended in their direction. One of the things we're, we're gonna be starting in the beginning of the first week of February is Alpha. Alpha and Alpha Online. This is a life group for those who are new to faith, 
who have questions about faith, who are looking for that foundation. You, many of you will be familiar with Alpha, so we're gonna run Alpha online. And how Alpha works is it's not just for someone who says, oh, I need that, it is for that. So if you're here today and you're like, I got questions, you know, I just, I really need a foundation or I've got the foundation, I just, I just wanna keep growing in that, this is for you. Someone who's beginning the faith journey, this is for you. But also, it's for those of you who have friends who have questions. It's an opportunity for you to make disciples. And so you, you invite someone, you say, hey, listen, my church is starting this thing for people who have questions, it's called Alpha. Would you attend with me? And do you know what you do? You log on together. So you don't just make them go, but you go on together and maybe you say, hey, I'm gonna log on at you know, whatever the time is. It's, it's, it's for you, an opportunity for you to come and grow, but it's an opportunity for you to also make more disciples. So that's Alpha. We're going to be sharing more about that online, probably over Zoom starting in February. We have the most important task given to us as people of God to go and make disciples. And that is the most important task because Jesus, who has all authority in heaven on earth before he left this planet, told us as disciples to go and make more disciples of all nations. And that is not just for church staff to do. That is not just for pastors to do. That is, that is a directive given to the community, followers of Jesus. And here's the thing, vision leaks, vision leaks. So know that we exist as Parkway Church to see everyone experience, encounter Jesus in a life-changing way. For people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so here's my question, and then the team's gonna lead us in that, that song again that we sang at the last. Are you on mission? Are you on mission? Now here's what I want us to do as the team leads us. I want us to take time, I want you to bow your head, I want you to connect with God, I want you to pray and have him speak to you about where you are. Just take an honest examination. The Bible says to examine yourselves. Let's take an honest examination is, is how is your mission going? Where are you in this process? What is your next step? So the team's gonna lead us right now. Would you bow your head and would you worship? Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.